1: That God wants to speak to us clearly. I, I think sometimes you have to live. And I, I didn't get this till just a few moments ago. Sometimes you have to live your sermons. And, and maybe I hadn't lived this one quite as much until this morning. In the last service, I think everyone was rather surprised we had an unusually short sermon. And I, I was fighting a battle that probably uh, something was happening in the room that was very distracting. It was very, very, as a younger pastor, it would have probably uh, really, really affected me in a greater way. And it just really hit me a moment ago that what happened was something I was more prepared for because of the seasonedness of of what I've done. I've done this for 30 years, and I might not have been able to handle that distraction 30 years. I wouldn't have been able to handle it 15 years ago. And it's because of the moments that led up to that moment that helped me process through that. Well, God gave me a message while I was in Haiti a few weeks ago on Moments Matter. And I'm going to read to you from Hebrews chapter 12 in just a few moments. But I, want, I just wanted to show you, just a, a, even I'm having to live this, because we all face hurdles. Can I get an amen? And we all face things. And I know God gave me this message. And, and I, I believe that God's going to speak to you as he did in the first service. I, and I believe he, he overcame even in the second service. But let's just bow our heads and ask God to speak to us today. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit and the joy of the Lord that is our strength. God, I, I know that this was a word from you. I know where I was when you spoke this to me, Father. And God, I ask you that clearly now, You will speak to this congregation, but I ask you to take every moment and allow those moments to be used to help us overcome. Thank you for your favor and for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hebrews chapter 12 and, and verse number one, as this message, moments matter, reads like this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge, and one version says, great crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily, notice that, that so easily trips us up. Can anybody else confess that there are areas of our lives that that it's just like, there it is, oops, you know what I'm talking about? No? Okay. That so easily trip us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us us. Verse 13. I've never really put these together, and they're even the same thought. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame, those who have grown weary, will not fall, but become strong. Well, how many of you have noticed that your televisions have been overtaken by the Olympics? Anybody? Yeah, the Olympics are in full swing. And I've had some fun. I watched cyclist that I have. I was just shocked that I that I would find uh, uh, that much time. To, I was going back to it checking. I thought, why am I so concerned about the watching how they were how they were doing strategy in that moment really, really was speaking to me. I watched the race last night as as the, the, the man expected to win had picked a fight with the guy uh, that he thought was his number one competition and then watched that guy use that to fuel his fire to destroy him instead of world record. I thought, how amazing. Whether we like it or not, the Olympics are here for the next several days. You see, the world's finest athletes are taking the stage. Their motivation is all as different as the countries from which they come. Some are driven forward by national pride, and others are driven by the desire to be the greatest in the world. They will compete from the water to the stadium. Some will compete on teams, and others will pound the miles out on their own. They will be all chasing a gold medal, and the sound of their anthem being played high above those of the others. Now, why they go to that place and why they've spent those hours preparing it, it's all different. I found a very interesting story about this from the Beijing Olympics. The Chinese made a preparation for the Beijing Olympics to determine to be ahead, and and they did, to succeed in the medal count. They determined that they would use that Olympics as, as a statement to the world, that, that they would give all of their athletes a motivation that would make an amazing difference uh, in the way that they approach the games, that it would not just be to be the greatest in the world, but that they might present their country as superior to all others in the world. Interestingly enough, they would establish this, this, this slogan that comes from a very strange place. The slogan that they would establish was they would establish that we need to remember our national humiliation. We need to remember where we stumbled. In 2001, the People's Congress proclaimed a National Humiliation Day. Its origins were reached all the way back to the Treaty of Versailles that was signed uh, at the end of World War I, where Japan was given all of Germany's conquest in China, and China took that as as an unbelievable affront. China has felt that over and over again its legacy has been victimized and other countries have, have been allowed to, to come forth and to, to, to show and try to affect somehow uh, uh, China in a way that has left them demoralized. And China declared, we will use the Olympics to show the world that we are now dominant. We will use the Olympics, and we will be driven by this slogan, remember our national humiliation. Remember the times that we failed. Remember the times that, that others looked on us with pity. And we will say at that call, with that remembrance, we will step up to the plate, determined not to be humiliated any further. Now look, this is not in my sermon yet, but I already feel it in my spirit. I'm looking for someone who's tired of being humiliated by sin. I'm looking for someone who will, is willing to go to the line and say, I'm not going back to who I used to be. I'm not turning around. I'm not going to succumb to the temptations that I so easily slip up on anymore. Why? Because I am tired of the shame. I am tired of the humiliation and I am ready to be a victor and I am ready to win a crown that's laid up for those who are righteous in this world. Amen. You see, we've got to have the right motivation. The Chinese used this motivation to move themselves to victory. But motivation was not enough. What was required to move the athletes to the medal stand was not just the right motivation, but the motivation had to be met with moments of preparation. There had to be moments of time that we put in the work. There had to be moments of time that they became determined, I will operate on an Olympic level. To make it to the Olympics, you have to be suited for a particular sport. You have to be built a certain way for certain ones. But that standard has been shattered time and time again all over the world with people who have had the right motivation coupled with the willingness to put in the right amount of moments. By example, what I'm saying to you is, you see, no matter what your motivation is, until you put in the time, you will never capture the moment of victory. As well, no matter how much time you put in, the moment will be win or lose. There will be a loss. There will be a, a, a point that you're going to either win or you're going to lose that battle. And you're going to have to determine to put in the time necessary. I want to get that in perspective for you. Out of all the different sports and all, all the different things, I, I celebrated the, the first gold uh, medal for uh, the Americans with the young air rifleists. I thought, who knew BB guns were an Olympic sport? Come on now, hey man. Amen. I thought, how how awesome. But, you know, I celebrate those moments. Some of you are going, that's my sport. I didn't mean to offend you. Amen. Do you know what? I celebrate those things, but on average from her all the way to the great Michael Phelps or the different ones that will be running the Usain Bolts, all the different ones, with all of them, they all have almost one thing in common. Since the last Olympics, they have put on average, across the board in any Olympic sport, they have put on average 10,000 hours of preparation in four years. 10,000 hours to get themselves ready. That's six hours per day, six days a week. They have worked to be ready to step up and overcome whatever it is in their sport they're they're facing. They have worked to be prepared. You see, then from sport to sport, it all changes, of course. But there's been a national uh, or there's been an international average that they put in, and I want you to get this: when the moment arrives, it is the training that makes the difference. It is the training that makes the difference. And there are going to be all kinds of different trainings. And and I I just feel a pull within me to step aside, but I want to give you what I found here. If you're a canoeist, you have to work out by lifting up things so that you're able to push yourself forward. And it takes 1,200 tons per month being lifted, lifted by the average Olympic canoeist. That means they lift six blue whales in weight every month. Swimmers swim an average of 1,860 miles to get ready to swim meters against others. Paralympians will wear out 100 tires per wheelchair per year, developing their skills to participate in the Paralympics. And for most of the sports, this training does not occur in, in one moment in a day. It occurs in a morning practice, an afternoon training, a weight training, and an evening practice. Three times a day they have to dedicate themselves to win. Three times a day they have to make a determination to spend the right amount of moments and for some reason my mind quickly and I'm trying to stay on track this morning but my mind quickly goes back to Daniel who said I will pray in the morning, I will pray in the noon, I will pray in the evening. Why? Because he was determined to put in the right amount of time so that when it did come to the moments of going to the lion's den he wasn't going oh God oh God where are you but he stepped into the presence of one that he'd already been in his presence three times every single day. I'm looking for somebody who says I'm ready to be a champion. I'm ready to put in the time i'm ready to put in the moments and i'm ready to use the 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 humiliation of my past to remind me it will not happen in my future i will win i will overcome by the blood of the lamb amen you see we all have success in moving forward in mind with this in mind god began to deal with me about the moments of our lives over and over again, the New Testament was set up just right because of Alexander the Great and his conquest of the world. He'd introduced the, the Greek theology throughout the known world at that time, and the world understood the concept of the Olympics. And the New Testament refers to the Olympics over and over again because we all find ourselves on a stage. To, we all find ourselves ready to run. We all find ourselves with the world watching and people in our lives watching to see what we will become. You see, this is what I felt distinctly from the Lord. Son, it's the moments that matter. It's not just the moment that we are in, but it is the moments that have prepared us for that moment that will make a difference of victory or not. You see, many times in our Christian faith, we have a moment with God and we run forward with that moment. We run for years on that one moment. We'll even sing songs about what we experienced yesterday and sing songs about that old-time religion, the old-time feeling, all because we're longing for a moment that we've had in our past, all because we're longing for a moment that we had in our yesterday. But God has sent me with a very specific message for you today, that if you run up to the line to win the race with only moments from yesterday and no moments from, from where you are now, where you built up and prepared, you'll find yourself in trouble you'll find yourself in a very dangerous place. I think what we're missing is the beauty of the race that is set before us and how we are to train, how we are to take off all the sin and the excess weight that so easily causes us to fall. You see, many times we want to run a race to win, but we don't want to train to win the race. We want to step up and we want to shout verses like this. We want to shout, oh, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. But we've not made any time to make sure he's in us. Did I just say that out loud? We want to step up and say, Woo! just like the prophet of old uh, revealed that, that, that there's more with us than those that are against us. No, wait a minute. Are you sure he's there? When's the last time you invited him into your day? When's the last time that you made sure you put in the right amount of moments so that when the moment came of your testing that you don't have to wonder where God is? You're already used to being with Him. Am I making sense to anybody? You say we want to run, but we don't want to put in the time to win. Let me just tell you about how much an Olympic runner runs. Are you ready for this? An Olympic runner can log up to 25,000 miles in four years. With an average of 20 miles per hour, that is 1,250 hours of running. So when the, man, the world's fastest man, Usain Bolt, steps up, he takes 25,000 miles with him to the line. He steps up with 25,000 miles behind him. Can you imagine that for just a moment? He's not looking at a 15-mile run. He's not looking at a... Five mile jog for him. He's not looking at even a time all the way around. He's looking at 300 feet. Now, wait a minute. 300 feet, you would think all that he would need to run was 300 feet over and over and over again. But that's not the way he prepares for that. He runs 25,000 miles To run for 300 feet. Do you know why he runs 25,000 miles to run for 300 feet? Because when you have that kind of experience behind you, those kind of moments behind you, when you step up to the line, you run 300 feet in 9.69 seconds. Michael Johnson did the same 25,000 miles and ran 600 feet in 19.39 seconds. Anybody want to challenge them? Usain Bolt would have run faster, but he was so far ahead of the others that he cruised across the line enjoying himself and his world record would be even more dominant if he had not slowed down to realize I've got this thing. I don't know why God's rearranging my sermon so much this morning, but I feel the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm looking for somebody who's willing to step up to the line, not wondering if God is with them, but they've got hours on their face behind them. They've got the Word of God they've been studying behind them. They've got the faithful to the things of God and the ways of God behind them. They've got day after day after day, even though they may have stumbled, getting up behind them. And when they look at the race in front of them, they're not going to wonder if they're going to finish, but they're going to get out there and they're going to realize I can cruise in with my hands up, declaring that God has brought me through and victory is mine. Why? Because the moments before matter. They matter. What you do today will determine what you're able to do tomorrow. This is important so important all of that training for a brief moment but the moment is huge We're, we need somebody you see god was speaking to me about the major moments we find in our lives the moments where pride or opportunity for sin find us we are staring down a moment that will make or break us too many times in our lives i want you to listen i, I I'm going to read this to you exactly the way God gave it to me. If when you're facing a hurdle of sin, if the last time you stepped on the track for a brief moment was a moment where it was a every head bowed, every eye closed moment in church, somewhere in your past, why are you surprised when you not only don't win, but you don't cross the finish line? You see, if we're running on the moments that you can find in church, whether or not the song makes us feel a certain way or whether or not we we, we get something out of the message, if we're only running on those moments, we're in trouble. Because hell has come to distract us and dissuade us all along the way. But it's not those moments. Now, I'm thankful for those moments, but it's not those moments, but it's the moments that those moments have caused me to step into. The daily times with God. It's those moments. When I remember my past humiliation, I know none of you have any past humiliation. None of you have made mistakes. None of you have struggled. None of you have been like I have been to where you've confessed so many times that God finally tells you, stop it. God ever told you to stop it? He told me. I've been like, Lord, forgive me, forgive me. He's like, you've repented. Either believe my word or not. Stop. Stop. I've been there too many times. And when I step to the line, what I have to realize is that hurdle that's in front of me, that sin, that opportunity that's in front of me, whatever that thing is, as I look it down, I have to bring that with me and go, you know what? I'm not going to fall for that again. I'm not going to step into that trap again. I remember where I've come from, but let me remind you where He's brought me to. He has brought me to a better place. He has set my feet on solid ground. He is causing me to triumph. And I will overcome that hurdle. Why? Because I'm not going back, but I'm going forward through the blood. Of Jesus Christ. Amen. Where do you find those moments? In the morning practice, in the daily training, and the evening practice. Let me translate that for you the morning devotion, the resisting of sin, the evening mo- uh, moment with God. I don't know why. I have an old story from back in my youth pastor days just popped in my head, and I'm just going to follow the Spirit in that. I remember telling the story about a man who was given a large rock. God told him to move the rock. He pushed on the rock and He pushed on the rock for years. He pushed on the rock and it seemed that the rock would never move. And He said to God, He said, God, why did You give me this rock to move? I have not succeeded in all my life. I have not moved this rock at all. And God says, Son, you may have not moved the rock, but look what trying to move the rock has done for you. His body had become toned. He had become strong. He had become determined. He had stuck with where He was. And God was saying, Hey, the hurdle in your life was not put there to destroy you. The hurdle in your life can enable you to become strong and become someone greater. But you're going to have to be willing to put in the time and do what's necessary. See, those moments are the moments that we realize the finish line is in sight. You need to understand, though, that most battles are won or lost in seconds and not years. When you make the decision, how are you going to respond? And as you run past that temptation and you take the lead over that problem... You are fueled by the hours of victory that you have found in your training. All the moments that matter become fuel for the fire to overcome. The victory lies within you, and there's never a break. I had a friend that went to play as a pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I remember as a boy, we would be on outings. I remember one in particular, we were at camp. We were on the beach. Our camp was on the beach and we were at camp and he came and he said, Don, I need you to catch. My regular guy won't catch. And I said, what do you, what, what's, what do you mean? He said, I, I'm going to, I'm going to make it to the big leagues, but I'm going to have to put in the time every night. And this night is no different. So there at the beach, we found a place as he pitched ever how many pitches it was that he had to throw every single day. Guys, this Christian life never gets a break. You can't go out of town and hope nobody knows you're a Christian. God's dealing with my heart this morning, I've got to confess. I'll never forget going on a family cruise. Now, look, if you want to make, you know how when you're on cruises, you have everybody sitting together at a table? You don't know them and you've got to get to know them and, and, and all. You want to make a moment awkward, let them ask you what you do and tell them you're a pastor. People go from telling you how great their day was to trying to quote their last Sunday school lesson. It's not good. So here's my plan when we're on said trip. I'm a motivational speaker. I motivate people to Jesus. That's what I do. Come on, amen. So we're on a trip. I'm a motivational speaker. These people wanted to hang out with us and hang out with a motivational speaker. It was fun. We were having time. We were making friends. I realized a lot of them needed Jesus. Jesus. But I was on vacation. I'll never forget, I picked up my son at the kid camp that day on the cruise. And he came out and he had tears in his eyes. I said, son, what's wrong? He said, daddy. He said, some of those boys say they love Jesus, but the way they talk shows they don't love Jesus. He said, I tried to tell them they need to know Jesus. I felt about that big right there moment. I realized my son was sharing Christ and I was on vacation. So that night as we gathered around the ice cream bar with all of our new friends. Y'all thought I was going to a different kind of bar, didn't you? Come on, amen. Gathered around the ice cream bar. One of them said, now explain this motivational speaking thing to me. And I said, exactly. Well, I motivate people to Jesus. I'm a pastor. It was amazing how quick the table emptied. But I realized something. There's never a break. It's the moment's That matter. It's everyday training. Even when you're discouraged. Am I making sense to anyone today? Even when you're discouraged, you keep going forward. You keep worshiping. You keep reading. You keep praying. Because you're going to face a trial. Can I get an amen? But it's the moments that have brought you to that place that will help move you forward. You see, some of you are saying, Pastor, you don't understand how broken I am because your life changed in a moment. But the prize will go to the one who meets those moments with monumental preparation. The 13th verse that I read to you comes into place now. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Listen to this. So that those who are weak and those who are lame, those who have fallen in the past, will not fall, but will become strong. If you have moments of failure in your past, they do not have to determine your future. You see, you may be chased with moments that have left you weak and weary, but do not let those continue to send you to the line of defeat. But use those moments of personal humiliation that will become the motivation that will send you back to the line to win. I want to tell you of Anna or Ana Quiro. Ana Quiro was a Cuban athlete who in the 1992 Barcelona Olympics won the bronze medal in the 800-meter race. This Cuban star would go home to accolades that would eventually make her significant other very upset. In a moment of domestic violence, she would be so physically attacked and then doused with gasoline and set on fire. The child that she carried was lost, and Ana Kira was told she would never Walk again. You will never walk again. Everything in her life to that point was now being redefined by that moment. She began to deal with the recovery. You'll never walk again. If you do walk, it will not be with excellence, but you know you will never run. And Anna began her training. And she did walk again. In one year's time, in 1993, she returned to the Central American Games. She is supposed to be scarred for life. She ran again. That led to her in '95 going to the World Championship of Athletics in Sweden. There, she won a gold medal that led her all the way to 1996 in Atlanta, Georgia to the 800 meter race. What did that verse say? Know your path. Make it clear. So that those who are weak and those who are bruised and those who are lame might be able to run again. Are you with me? She took the stands. The bronze medalist from the last Olympics as she goes To her lane, tragedy had changed her world. But watch what happened. The sound went off. They started their run. She would not win her race. She did not win gold. I'd love to stop there and say at least she ran her race, but it was better than that. She won silver. And here's what God showed me just a little while ago. It wasn't that she won the race. Was that she had won bronze when she thought she was strong. But then she won silver. God moved her to the next level. She stepped up to another place. Why? Not because she was perfect and not because everything suddenly became perfect in her world. But she moved up a level because this is what she determined. Listen to to her story. She determined that she would not allow a moment of disaster to destroy all the moments of victory. And it sent her to a new place. It sent her to a new level. Now I know, I know, I sound facetious when I say this, but I don't know who it is. But there are so many of us here that we've allowed moments, moments of disaster, to define our realities. And God says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. cover your moments of humiliation with moments of victory. Cover them with God's presence." So that when you come back to the line, you know where you're going, so your path is straight. And though you may have stumbled and you may have been weak, now you have your eye on the prize. And you will run. Because it's the moments that lead up to that moment that make the difference. Pastor Don, I want to win again. I'm giving you a strategy. Seek Him in the morning. Please Him in the way you react in your day. Thank Him in the evening. And do it tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And don't allow life to determine to you whether or not you're going to serve God. Serve God no matter what comes. Because you're coming back to the line. Well, if you're going to praise him, give him praise. Don't just halfway do it. Come on, amen. As a matter of fact, why don't you just stand with me? Imagine if you were, for just a moment, 38% of her body covered and burned horribly. She returns to the racing block. Scars were with her. But they did not define her. She stood on that silver metal, metal platform with her scars. And she still carried a medal. Your scars do not define you to defeat. They should become moments that propel you to victory. Your personal humiliation should be something you say will never happen again. I will win. I will conquer by the blood of the Lamb. Would you bow your heads? The Holy Spirit is here. I have not asked anyone to raise their hand all day long. But God is speaking to somebody right now. You understand the scars. You understand the pain. And a moment of pain has defined you for so long. I want to see where you are. Can I see your hand? Nobody's looking around. Hands all over this place. You can put those down. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this message is for you. This message is for you. Those moments don't have to define you any longer. I don't care what they said when they walked out the door. You're not a loser. You're a winner. I don't care what they told you over and over again, and all you can do is hear that in the dark hours. You need to begin to rely on the voice of the Holy Spirit that calls you more than a conqueror. You're blood-bought by the King of glory. I don't know where this just came from, but it just came into my spirit. Your scars do not compare to His. For He was wounded for your transgressions and bruised for your iniquities. But by His stripes we are healed from ours. We will overcome. We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of our testimony. Lord, it's that testimony that is the moments of yesterday. It's that testimony that determines us and propels us forward. It's that testimony that keeps us running for the prize. And though we have been weak, we will not fall because the way of the Lord is set before us and it is straight. Father, you see these that raise their hand this morning. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes them. Thank you for the grace of God that heals them and delivers them and propels them forward. You now I was about to pray a closing prayer. You're still praying. Please keep your head bowed. God just, just arrested me for just a moment there. Somebody here, today's your day that you said, if the opportunity comes, I'll give my life to Christ. You feel Jesus speaking to your heart now. Today's the, the day you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. I was about to pray the closing prayer. God's longing for you to make this that day. If today's the day you want to give your life to Christ, I didn't embarrass the others to raise their hand. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to see your hand right where you are. Today you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. Thank you, sir. I felt like God was speaking to you. Is there another? Is there another? Thank you, sir. Is there another? Is there another? I've seen these two fine men raise their hand. Is there another today? In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. I see that hand over there. Thank you. Thank you. God's after you. Take hands with someone near you, everyone in this room, if you would, please. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, that Jesus Christ is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. What you're about to do is make a a change of life. The Bible says that that if we will accept Christ as our Lord and Savior and believe that God raised Him from the dead, we would be born again. You're about to come to a new place. God's about to become your Father like you never imagined. You're about to be forgiven. And you're going to become God's child. This is your moment. This is your time. We're going to all pray this prayer with them now. Come on, pray with me as a whole church. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promises. And right now, I confess I am a sinner. You see my past, my present, and my future. I surrender it all to you. I don't want to be that person anymore. I repent. And in Jesus' name, I accept His free gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, God is my Father. Heaven is my home. And Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you as I prayed for these and with these that now what's happening to them is an eternal change. They're taking the first step, the first moment that's going to lead them to victory as they are now alive in Christ. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. And thank you for the joy of the Lord that is our strength. And I declare that we are victorious by the blood of the Lamb. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now come on, give God some praise this morning. You can do better than that. People just gave their lives to Christ. Amen.